It's time for Get Into Highland with your host, Chris Ebel. Get Into Highland is brought to you by Digital Arts. Good day to y'all. It's an exciting day here at the Get Into Highland show, where we have some great conversation with local business owners and other members of our great community. Today, I'm blessed to have none other than Joe Zoki, past master of Highland Lodge 583 and Lucky Lincoln Gaming Strategic Account Executive. It's a mouthful of words, man with me to discuss his latest adventures and what to look forward to in 2024. Um, so how are you, Joe? Just fine, Chris. Hey, man. It's good to see you here. I mean, I've had a lot of experiences with you, some good, some pleasant. Yeah. <laughs> What's the best part about what you do at Lucky Lincoln? I get to meet a lot of people from different uh, parts of their, you know, all over. And, uh, you know, I do a lot of traveling. And you drive a lot? Drive a lot. Uh, I Chicago see. quite a bit. Um, I like Chicago. Eat a lot of pizza. That's a, um, meet a lot of very interesting people there and all over Illinois. It's, uh, yeah. There's, there, I mean, the northern state is, I mean, you know, there's all kinds of opinions about that. So um, in that drive, I'm sure you have plenty of time to listen to the radio. Maybe you listen to Bulldog Radio often. Listened to the other day and uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, coming back, was, uh, going through, uh, where was I at? Uh, by, uh, well, I was cutting across going over to uh, Champagne. Yeah. And I uh, heard Dennis talking about the cat stories, about how your cat's like in it. Very interesting segment. Yeah. Nice. And I mean, cats are an important part of some people's family. I'm not a cat person. I think cat people might, should be afraid of water, like fish, that type of stuff. But sometimes people just like to have them cuddle up on their laps. My mom was a cat person. She was a cat lady at the uh, 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 Partners for Pets in Troy for wow, five or seven years, something like that. She took care of the cats out there, a lot of volunteer work and, and stuff. My daughter's rescued several dogs when she was at Murray State, and we've had a lot of animals in our life, horses, cats, dogs, rabbits. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so never a dull moment. No, no, at least when the vet shows up. No. No. They usually are carrying a bill. <laughs> so at, at uh, Lucky Lincoln, I asked you what the best part about what you do, right? What's the best part? What do you do that makes you, you happy? Well, lucky uh, the fact that uh, they legalized slot machines in Illinois back in 2014, 13, whenever it was. Yeah. It saved a lot of the uh, small businesses in the country, the small, or in the county, the bars and other places to uh, give them extra revenue, added revenue to their Facilities probably fifty percent of it wouldn't be open now if, if it wouldn't have been for the for the legalized slot machines and gaming. Um, people find it a good pastime. Uh, some people should play, some shouldn't, but you know everybody likes it and people would play it. And uh, they're all over the place. And uh, there's a lot of revenue. The state gets a lot of revenue. The municipalities are always glad to have that added income and. Uh, like Waterloo keeps their income from the gaming in a separate fund. So 
know if anybody asks about why we have these places, the mayor can show them the new sidewalks that are for handicap access and the Christmas lights and, and yeah. different things, you know. And it's it, it does help the towns, small towns, and like I said, small businesses can stay open rather than, you know, depend on strictly uh, food and beverage. You know, the gaming helps to their, pays their light bill and their employees and a lot of other things that they wouldn't have normally, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that was, that's a wise way to go about it is if there's a, a revenue stream. Some people, some people would question it because um, it was, it, it was a decision that was voted on in Illinois. So the, the, um, so the decision to bring these machines in, you know, the benefits to the community, I think is a good thing to show. Yeah. People were, you know, before they go to Vegas or to the boats or whatever, now they don't have to travel that far to have their pastime. Yeah. And there's warning signs up if somebody has a problem with gambling, they have a number to call and, and if it's a problem and you know, they, they can do that. But, uh, everybody's happy the machines have come a long ways as far as the types and the sizes and new yeah. games and everything and they're entertaining you know and it, you can just bet a penny if you want you know you don't have to spend a lot you know yeah and you can sit there for a long time for 50 cents if you want to do it that way or play up to four dollars you know yeah yeah i mean you go to an arcade you know you spend a lot more than that yeah well that's that's it it's uh <laughs> Everything costs nowadays, you know. But uh, I, we went to we went to Max, uh, me and my daughter on Saturday. I, I mean, just for running half, not even a half hour. I think spent twenty bucks. They got so, great ice cream sandwiches uh, out there, though. And the ice cream was awesome. Yeah, I mean, that was it. Was, it's always a good experience there. So, how did you get into your current role? I retired from transportation after 35 years and and uh, decided to, uh, to get into it because uh, my grandson's going to need some help in his years to come and uh, got an account set up for him and and it's going most of it goes in his account and uh, to help him and then you know, my wife won't retire for several years yet so yeah. you know she doesn't want me out playing golf or whatever and so it's uh keeps me out of trouble i mean you do have an attractive costume for playing golf i mean i have experienced that <laughs> yeah <I'm, laughs> i don't play very good but i'm quite the dresser that's awesome so in uh 2024 what's some new stuff that you'd want to uh, discuss today well most of my life is is based around my grandson to, to help him because he has cerebral palsy and, yeah. and the awareness that uh, he's brought to our lives that we didn't know about special needs kids. Um, he's taught us a lot. He was four in January and over those four years, we've learned a lot of uh, things that we've seen people before with a you know special need child in a wheelchair and now we didn't have any idea what yeah. those people went through and the families in general and all the work that's involved in it, you know, and mm -hmm. it's, uh, brings, you know, it's hard to look, you know, you, you just, you kind of stare and you don't look, you know, and people look, you know, and you want to tell them, you know, Hey, this is cerebral palsy is a brain muscle disconnect. So people don't know what it is. If they think it's, you can catch it or something like that, you know, what it was caused by it. But he had a brain bleed when he was two, which is like a stroke. 
and uh, he was two days old. So it's a matter of his brain rewiring if it can. And what uh, is a wide spectrum of cerebral palsy, so nobody, you can't predict. You know, you hope for the best, expect yeah. the worst, and it's uh, it's tough. And my daughter's, you know, doing very well with it. It's uh, it's tough, and it's uh, you know, like we're getting a van for him now, and he'll uh, he'll have surgery in on the twenty second. Yeah, um, for his hip, since he doesn't walk, his forty five percent of his hip is out of socket. Yeah, man. So they'll uh, operate on him, and then we're going to get the van so he can doesn't have to sit in a car seat because you know uncomfortable. Un- we'll be comfortable either way with hip surgery, but yeah. do the best you know we can for him. And very time consuming. You know, every three hours he has to be fed. He has a feeding tube in him yet, so it's you know a lot of a lot of things. Yeah. So I see. I've seen you with that boy. It's you're. We've got it's a real easy. good relationship because I act like I'm three and four years old most of the time. So, so we <laughs> we can we connect. My wife says, yeah. um, but no, we can communicate him and I. You know, because it's you know I know what he wants to do and, and he's working on his strength, yeah. um, his core strength. He goes to school five days a week in Wood River. Yeah, and they do therapy all day with him over there, and it's it's helped a lot. And it's uh, you know it's a lot of time and and. Uh, we work with him with, uh, hopefully he'll walk. We don't know, he's legally blind, but he can see. He'll have to teach him what he sees Yeah, through uh, therapy. And uh, and I think uh, the Social Security Administration in this country needs to uh, go back and, and redo the paperwork for people like that, or infants and everything, because it's, it's outdated. They don't know when when they file for social security, they don't know what his job history was when he was two years old, yeah. what skills he's got, you know. Yeah. So you don't have a lot of, you know, somebody should have rewritten that a long time ago. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there's there's plenty of work to do. So just Yeah, it's a it's a full time job and it's uh, but it's worth it. You right. dealt what you get and and it works out. Well, you've lived in Highland for. Uh, we moved to Highland when I was two. A farm out by Piron between Highland or Highland and Piron, and uh, lived on the farm till I was eighteen. I worked for the railroad mm-hmm. for five years as a tower operator. Yeah, and then uh, the microwave towers came in alongside the tracks, and they did away with a lot of the manned towers where guys would watch a train. So. I got in business with my dad in the, uh, I'm at the stockyards in his restaurant and bar. And I took that chore on and learning how to cook by a Hungarian chef that taught me. And we uh, went from there. It was uh, the railroad called me back, but my dad was sick. And uh, I stayed down there and had a few years with him. And then I took it over and opened a restaurant in Highland for a while, a Joe's family restaurant. That was in the early 80s. And, and then in 91, we moved to Franklin, Tennessee, because I had gotten into transportation and trucking then and uh, worked for a company down there. My wife was with the music industry as a CPA for the, the production companies down in Tennessee for the music people. On Music Row, she was down there. You, you live in Nashville? We lived in Mount Juliet, and then we moved to Franklin. 
We never did live right in Nashville. But her office was in uh, Ernest Tubbs' house, right on Music Row, because downstairs there was a, his recording studio, a soundproof room. Yeah. And one day she told me that, uh, she said this guy that owns the house that was huge and they had offices in there was uh, Charlie Douglas. And she's like, uh, I go, Charlie Douglas? She didn't know who he was. She knew he was a nice old guy. Yeah. Well, Charlie Douglas used to be on at night. He had a syndicated radio show called the Charlie Douglas Show. It was the Trucker's Pal. And he'd be on there. And I'd hear him when I was traveling on my different railroad towers or driving a truck at night. And I'd hear he'd say, uh, it's King Edward cigar time. Time to light up another Swiss or sweet. And then they'd, <laughs> and like I said, so I went to, she entered, took me down there and I met him. And I was just like in awe. And she's like, well, well, you act like you met Elvis or something. I'm like, well, this guy, I heard him on the radio forever. Yeah. Well, he ended up, he was the announcer at the Grand Old Opry for years. Mm. So we always got backstage passes to go. We were in that little red building, that little barn. Mm. We were back there backstage numerous times. And all the country stars would be back there eating sandwiches and getting ready to come out. And they'd stand alongside us and they'd run out and grab their guitar and start playing. And it was it's pretty neat. Who's the most... I mean, say like your your most revered country artist that you got to meet back there. I mean, who who all did you get to meet? Well, Marty Stewart was back there, and then uh, a couple we didn't know until they got out there and started singing because you didn't see them that often. And, and uh, uh, what's her name, Martina McBride, had just yeah. started her career when she walked in the door. Yeah, and uh, later, you know. We we got to see all of them, and then like I said, the wife was in the business down there with the uh, Gary Music Productions, and they did a lot of the productions for like uh, Academy Awards. They did that, and they CMTs and all this stuff. So it was pretty neat, you know, because they had uh, impersonators like doubles for Dolly Parton and uh, Garth Brooks and all of this, you know. So <laughs> we got to meet a lot of stuff. You know, we didn't hang out with celebrities or anything, but it was. You'd see them. We lived in Franklin, and then uh, the uh, the mom and the daughter were down there, uh, the Judds. Yeah. So when Kmart had their grand opening where they started their line of whatever, they actually set the band up in front of the Kmart in Franklin and did a concert, and their ranch was out on the edge of town. And, hmm. and like little Jimmy Dickens was always little he'd play at Opry every night and he'd run out and I'd see him at Kmart running through there and, you know, mm. and then, uh, Alan Jackson, you know, lived there. And then we'd, uh, when we moved to Mount Juliet, when we first went down there, Charlie Daniels lived like half a mile from us in his house. It was just a regular brick ranch house, nothing fancy. And then, uh, he was a grand marshal at Christmas parade. And then when we moved to Franklin, What's his name? Uh, you know, Alan Jackson was the, the parade marshal, huh. both in old Chevy convertibles and stuff. So it was pretty neat to be around him. And nobody went up and bothered him when we saw him shopping. Nobody, you know, it was just a thing. And then uh, the uh, Daryl Walter had the dealership across the highway. I think it was a Honda or Volvo dealer. Hmm. And we were at the Cracker Barrel one day with my mother-in-law. And uh, her husband, her boyfriend, whatever it was. And uh, my wife goes, hey, isn't that Roger Staubach standing over there? The old football player. From... 
and no, it was Daryl Walter. And okay. So, mother-in-law's friend, he goes, oh, he, he was a NASCAR fan. He's like, oh, DW, you know? So, what's he doing here? I go, well, he's got a car dealership right here, you know? That's why he's here, but he got his autograph on a piece of paper with a pencil, you know, he was all good yeah. up. But NASCAR was big on there, and, yeah. and college football, you know, that was the two things. And they drive like NASCAR. They they think drafting is part of how you drive down a highway. <laughs> you get right up yeah. in the back. I've driven in Tennessee. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> so we were there seven years, and we moved back here in 2000 and uh, back to Highland. Yeah. And uh, I stayed in transportation for the rest of the till 22, I guess, when I went into the gaming industry. So yeah, I've been in almost two years now. So it's a, it's a new new experience. So what's so being? I mean, that that makes you very much a part of Highland for as much as times you spent here. So what's one thing you've seen in other cities that you'd like to see incorporated into the city of Highland? Well, I ran for city council back in 2004 because my mother-in-law was the welcome lady. Okay. Ran her welcome club for years. And uh, I always, growing up here and everything, I thought Highland was a great town, you know, uh, as far as incorporating it, something into Highland that, know what uh, an old friend of mine years back said people moved to highland to get away from the town they hated and they want to turn highland into that town wow. with different things you know and you know the swiss heritage that highland has and and all that that's you know it's okay i mean they they could be a little more uh open to uh other nationalities and not be as close-knit as they are at times you know and a little bit more the South was less uh, stereotypical of the uh, of race than they are. They were up here. It was kind of surprising, and that uh, was one thing. That, uh, but you know, good people. It's just uh, I think uh, the ignorance and stuff that's passed on from other generations passed on. They can get away with some of that, you know, as far as being more liberal than they are. Highland's very conservative, always has been, and uh, you know they just, uh, and that's why it's kept the way it is. It's, uh, but that's part of what, not to say the, you know the, the model, the mindset of how the town's structured, and how we how it grows. I mean, you've seen towns explode into growth, and then you know the sustainability of it if it isn't managed properly can cause an issue, and. Highland seems like it maintains a slow, steady growth pattern with incorporating some good things here and there, like a very self-sustaining, very, um, uh, they're, they're bringing good things into the community and it's not leveraging a great, huge explosion of growth. You know, I mean, we have some communities very close to us that, you know, they're, they're just exploding with growth. They seem to be managed very well, but at the same time, it's, the level of stress. you open yourself up for a lot more things. Yeah. One of the police chiefs years back when he came to Highland, he uh, when he came by the city lake over the hill and he looked and saw Highland, he goes, "This is a perfect spot for low crime and everything else because we're not close to the interstate, 
and there's no way to get in and out of here quickly. He said that that keeps Highland a lot safer because you can't come in and leave quick. That's what he said, you know. And he uh, he was a policeman in Chicago before he came down here. He was our chief for a while, and you know, I, I never looked at it that way. Yeah, but that's a big plus that Highland's not by the highways. They keep, uh, um, you know, I don't know. I, and the the growth of towns and how the the population expands and depletes. Um, apparently, uh, I was talking to a guy one day, who you know very well. He uh, said that Pocahontas, at one point in time, back in the turn of the, the 19th century, had a higher population than Highland mm-hmm. because of the mines. So they they you know people were migrating there to work, find work, and uh, so the population of that town, which is a very small town compared to Highland, was much greater than Highland. But over the years, the businesses that grew into Highland kind of leveraged that to where there's more growth in Highland right now. So Highland's had a lot of uh, industry compared to some of our neighboring cities. Yeah. And that's, and that's helped with the, and it's a, it's a family, uh, passed down from generation to generation. And that's where this town is based on, you know, with the, if you look over at Switzerland, uh, our sister town or Cersei or whatever it is in Switzerland, uh, the why they settled here was because of the hills and, you know, for mm-hmm. dairy cattle. And that was based on, you know, making cheese or milk. And then the pet milk started here. Yep. That was a huge uh, kick for Highland. And then, you know, we got Beeline and Bosler and some of the bigger companies that, that employ quite a few people and, you yep. know, that pay sure. a decent wage and people are, you know, happy. The box board was down here and they're still in business, you know. Yeah, there's, guys, you know. I mean, some of the biggest construction company companies in the area are based out of Highland. Mm-hmm. So, um, so what's the best improvement over the last five years you've seen in the city of Highland? Best improvement. Yeah. Well, I live in the country, so it's not. Uh, um, Is it the this the cans with the strings that you have out there? Is it, it. <laughs> the roadkill? <laughs> Roadkill that we use for our meals. Um, awesome stew. Cement pond. Well, you know, I think uh, the peripheral route has helped Highland as far as the traffic going around the city. Um, yeah, that that is nice. It's nothing's really developed around that perimeter yet. No, it's a long range. You know, it's uh, you know Highland keeps their property values high. And uh, it keeps, you know, people from wanting to, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think uh, the fact our chamber is growing quite a bit from what I've seen, that's a, that's a big plus for, for Highland to get more. The small businesses in town have always seemed to struggle. Um, they could use a shot in the arm from uh, the administrators to, to help them out rather than helping companies that don't need it per se. But but yeah, overall, you know, that's you know, I as far as one thing I can see that uh, in five years has anything new happened to Highland in five years that you can pick out uh, yourself? I mean that you like a lot of the the mentions digital the arts past. is the greatest. I mean that's a big yeah, plus for Highland. You know, I mean everybody what gets is? their rap on. I, I, I thought it was uh, Joe Zoki's tenure as lodge master. 
The uh, I was it was COVID. Remember, I was in charge during COVID, so so that was uh, COVID was. I carried us through quite a turmoil there. COVID was an interesting time here, and that's we've had other conversations on that topic. But the uh, I'd say some of the best mentions of you know the things that happened in Highland over the past five years are like the downtown district. There's some new growth there. Um, yeah. Max Family Fun Time opening up out there, giving the you know kids a different outlet for yeah. birthday parties and such. Um, there's been some great new businesses that open around town, um, and they're I think they're trying they're trying to bring back the Flugelfest. That was one thing that happened before COVID. Didn't really get a chance to get any gravity, and then they the pandemic kind of axed that. Now, so there, now, there's is that the gun. When they that was shoot. the Flugelfest was the wing fest. That, oh, that was the wing. It was like okay. a like a October type fest, like a late, mm-hmm. like a fall. yeah. I remember they had it that one year. Yeah, I thought they they did something with it last year, and I, I don't know for sure. Um, there's always a great page to look at in the the City of Highland Facebook page, the events page there. You know, usually tells the story of what's happening around too. Yeah, but um, the yeah. investments on the square, have, you know the. Chapley, and then the guy with the Tulligans, and then we've got a new steakhouse that's going to open up. You got Argentinian, and then a few doors down, you've got the Irish thing, and then you got a Chapley Brewing. You know, yeah. squares come quite a ways. You look at the Journal Printing Building, as you look the side and everything. I mean, they really dressed it up. It looks nice, and same with Tulligans that building. And yeah, some of the things they've tore down it that needed to go there to fix them up was just. Yep. You know, I hate to see that. You know, nobody wants to see old buildings taken down. But yeah. you know, if they're not feasible well, to fix them up, and you know, and they're gonna, you know, structurally, you know, sometimes it it does get to that point. Um, and they have created the 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 parking, the downtown parking mm-hmm. areas, which have been really nice. To whenever people come into town, there's yeah. off street parking to park at, which which is really nice. A lot of communities don't have that. You get to. They used to mark your tires when you parked downtown. When the, the dime store was there, my mother owned a Moto Day store that was on the square, like where Lee's is at. Yeah, and all of that, and uh, they'd mark your tires because you were allowed to have like a half an hour. You parked there longer than that, you got a ticket. That was to keep the people, you know, keep the customers moving out so more people could come in. Man. We had a five and dime down there, and then uh, the John Deere Hagnar Canable was a uh, hardware store and they sold tractors and then you know you could walk in to have a screw you needed for for something and the old guys would walk right up to this huge cabinet and how many you need and say four or five and they just give them to you and they bring them up you know in the old days like yeah here they are yeah but uh you know and then the candy shop was in the dime store at the five and ten and i used to do the windows for several of the businesses i'd clean the windows on saturdays with ammonia water and an old squeegee, and yeah, I think I got enough to buy a sucker, maybe, and that was it. So you never, you never really cleaned any mirrors. Mirrors, just just windows, just windows, not mirrors. That's it's a job you really see yourself in, Joe. Well, well, the the mirrors in the dressing rooms at mom mom's uh, dress store, you know, I wasn't allowed in those. You know. Yeah, I can imagine why. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, all right. Well, um, out of uh, all of the things we talked about today, 
you know, what's your favorite activity or restaurant? What's your favorite thing to do in Highland? What's your favorite place? Well, I really don't have one. Um, you know, I like to go up to a few bars once in a while. Yeah. Have a drink with my buddies. <clears throat> you know, yeah. um, you know, Ethel's a 501, Corner Keg, you know, Tulligan's, and uh, the new steakhouse that's going to open up. Uh, yeah. We're looking forward to that. They're very nice people. <clears throat> awesome. They're from Argentina, and uh, they're uh, both retired military folk yeah. and then uh, both chefs. And uh, Argentine food is unique, very good. Yeah. They're served a steak on an 800 degree stone so you can finish it off yourself at the table. And uh, a lot of neat stuff. They're up there working right now to get it open here in the next week or two. And, and then, like I say, Tulligan's is very nice for people. And Shafley's a good spot, you know, all of yeah. them. And then uh, Lee's Pawn Shop, you know, or Lee's Fine Jewelry is uh, you know, number one in my book. I want to pick out my wife. Uh, a nice brooch or whatever. So. Interesting. That's awesome. So, all right. I guess it's time for us to uh, get ready to sign off here. But what's one piece of advice you could give to our listeners? <laughs> I surprised. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to not prepare. I you. could. Uh, I, I, no, I texted this to Try to keep it clean. Uh, the. Because. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> The guy on the, used to be on KC, the golf guy, remember Dan, the, the golf man, or whatever, but clean balls, you know, playing golf. But, uh, just clean, okay. So, but <laughs> other than that, uh, just, uh, you know, be safe, drive carefully, and uh, support Island. That's what we need, you know. Yeah, we need safety on the roadways. That's, that's an important thing. You know, yeah. pay attention out there. So this is, we're rolling through. Uh, right after Valentine's Day here. So um, keep that in mind. I hope everybody had, had a pleasant holiday with uh, their loved ones and special people, special someones. You know, uh, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around every once in a while, you might miss it. It's a quote by Ferris Bueller. One of my guys put that on our, um, on our report earlier this week. I thought it's a good one for the time of year and just to make sure you pay attention. Thank teamwork. you. Teamwork. Teamwork is the drink. Makes Twenty-two legs to make a make a touchdown. So, all right. Remember that. Thank you to the Bulldog Radio listeners and those that support the show. Have an excellent day. God bless you. Hey.